Welcome to the Potion Podcast, your raw look at the hospitality industry, brought to you by SHC. What's happening, Shifters? Welcome back to the special World Class Canada Nationals 10th Anniversary Series. Uh, I hope you're enjoying the episodes. Um, there's a lot of episodes. <laughs> They're short, but there's a lot of episodes. Quick concession uh, covering all the competitors on the very first day, which we should have just finished. And then fast forwarding all the way through to the last competitors day, um, the last competitions where I got this opportunity to sit down with alumni and guest judges and just sort of have a chat and see how they feel about world class, especially in the 10th anniversary of the Canadian Nationals. And uh, I hope you're enjoying the episodes. And if you're enjoying the episodes, let me know. I'm having a blast again. Um, I may keep doing this, so you never know. But as always, team, thanks for the support. Bye. So the OG of world class. 10 years. Yeah. 10 years since you, since you took the national... Uh, national title how why because I remember like I remember I think we were just chatting off stage that we we met a couple of years before that and I remember petitioning to bring world class to Canada for a really long time yeah um, and the 2013 rolled around were you hungry for it to do that what was the motivation for you to, to enter it being the very first year um, well I I stumbled onto the concept or the idea of, of it the year before or two years before. I don't remember. It was either 2012 or 11 when I was kind of on the internet looking for something and stumbled upon it. Like it was on Difference Guide or mm-hmm. one of those one of those websites, and I and I it was immediately enamored. I couldn't believe that it was a thing that people competed on that level to travel on that scale around the world with all these other countries and. Uh, I was hoping and hoping that it would come to Canada, and lo and behold, the next year it did. And so I threw my hat in immediately. Because <laughs> where were you working at that time? Because I think around that time, I was in Halifax around Christmas time doing an event, and you were in that speakeasy. Yep, in the basement. Downstairs, yeah. Yeah, so my brother and I built a bar in the basement of uh, um, a, car, a bar I was working in at the time. In that building, they had an empty basement, and we, my brother and I built a bar down there. So I was working there. And again, this is 2012, man. Like, yeah, I know. 2012, and he like, this wasn't happening anywhere no. else in the country. No, no, I know. So we, I had this this uh, wild idea because I used to walk by the room every night to, to take the garbage out, and I just pictured, hey, hey, this would be a cool spot for a bar. It was a really cool spot. I really yeah. enjoyed that. Awesome. Yeah, thank you. And so we, we did that, and that's where I was working at the time. And they were really supportive of, of me kind of pursuing the, the competitions and traveling and that kind of thing. And it was just a, a I don't know, a bunch of factors kind of lined up all at once. Uh, I had just gotten back from another global comp and went right into world class, and I think that really helped me. But oh, wow. it was the just competitions back then weren't a thing. Like, no, it wasn't no, I not think a, here in Canada at all. No, especially in Halifax. Yeah, and as as a small market like that, that was the only way. I was explaining it to somebody the other day. I think it might have been James. It was the only way to get out mm-hmm. was to win something to then be thrust onto a national stage. Sounds, sounds like a 1980s American, like the girl <laughs> the Midwest needs to get out. But it's, the, but it's the truth. <laughs> yeah. But it's the truth. It's like, unless you win something notable on a national level to go international, you're, you're never going to make it to that next 
level. This is 10 years ago. Yeah. This is like pre-Instagram. Yeah. You know what I mean? You're it's, never... It's even pre-internet. Like, like, yeah. And different guy, you had to actually go to the news agency and buy the actual book. Yeah. Because the internet was very soft internet. You couldn't buy it on Amazon. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and I was saying to someone the other day too, the, the people that I was trying to learn from on the internet from a distance were, were people like Graham Warner and Toby Maloney and Jim Meehan who were the only people who had like a couple videos online. You know, this is like early YouTube, right? So it's just... Do you really old when you tell the kids that? I don't know. Well, it's just funny watching some of their faces because they have no idea who these people are. And these are the people that like laid the groundwork for this stuff. Sasha Petrosky is another great example, right? He had a couple videos online and I used to watch them on repeat all the time because I had no one to learn from in Halifax because Cooper just left. Right, and he kind of like took all that with him to the Hawksworth. So we kind of passed each other, and then it was Jeff and myself, and that was that was it for a little yeah, while. Did you make a move from Halifax after you after you won the World Class Nationals? Yeah, they wanted me to move to Toronto to work with them as the national ambassador for World Class uh, and the reserve portfolio. Uh, and I spent out of the 52 weeks that year, I think I spent about 48 on the road. It was wow. unbelievable. They had me in every market, every city across the whole country the whole year. I never knew that that was the yeah. the case with you once once you got that national title. Yeah, and it burnt me out because yeah. I was the I was the only one. They yeah. didn't have a reserve team. There wasn't a world class wow. team. Michael wasn't even working yeah. on world class yet. It just completely fried me, and I put my hands up and, and I had, had to walk away. It's tough to like put the groundwork into trying to explain to every single market. Yeah about what the competition does and yeah. how it works and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, it was wild. I don't regret it, it was wild, you know? I, I, told, I, I, I think we're both in the same boat these days with, you keep getting older and the kids that you, you employ and train is, stay the same age they have for the yeah. last 15 years. And yeah. I have the same conversations with them, like Simon Ford and these sort of guys, like Simon, we, we ran into Simon recently and he was the very first gym seminar I ever did. Yeah. 2004. Yeah. In Brisbane. Right. And now everything with that and so, so did you make a, did you make a move to Vancouver? You did come to Vancouver, didn't you? Nope, just to Toronto. So it's, I was working with Diageo and then um, left and ended up working at Reval. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, you yeah. went to Toronto. Yeah, worked at Reval. Met my wife. She was cooking in the kitchen. I was bartending, and we worked there for about a year, and then I left. What was the drive? And coming from a small market myself, I know why I'm still, why I stay in Victoria. Yeah. What was the drive to get back to Halifax and do what you've done in Halifax since? pace of life yeah. first and foremost and also just helping the community there I thought I don't know the the pace of life the people that live there the hospitality the the kind of way of living I think is what drew us back the ocean I've been surfing for over 20 years so that was a big pull um, but living in a market like that with that pace and that kind of vibe I think is what we were both looking for in the bigger markets I don't know if you can relate to this it just seems like it's a treadmill that's going yeah. a little too fast what you're trying to keep yeah. up with as especially as you get older and want to take care of your mind and your body and yourself and your family and so yeah we, we just put my hands up and yeah well, that's what I say about Victoria yeah. like I've caught a caught a taxi from the airplane uh, from the airport here in Vancouver downtown Vancouver right and caught a taxi from the airport in Victoria downtown Victoria and I'm like I would take that right <laughs> you, you drive in and it's just like yeah. just tents from the airport all the way downtown right. <laughs> so what are the challenges like I want to get into the small market thing because I I do see you as a, a peer and a mentor when it comes to small market stuff because there's not a lot of us yeah like we, there's a lot of the times it is that success and then you move to the big market and you have success in the big market and you do have to sort of work three times as hard to prove your half as good yeah so the challenges of the small market do you see that as a 
a driving force behind you just keep going? Yeah, I, I think sometimes it feels it feels more like beating your head against a brick wall, dealing with people in small markets because they, they aren't exposed to what could happen. And I, I don't think this is true in all aspects of small markets, but um, it's definitely present. Sometimes it feels like you're moving backwards and not making any progress, but I think the sharing aspect to then empower people uh, is what's most rewarding, in my opinion, especially the, the next kind of crew every time of bartenders and hospitality professionals, sharing the knowledge, sharing the, the resources is the biggest thing, showing them that they can make a living out of it and career. I think that that's, that's really empowering, so trying to just leverage that to help people along. Do you feel like the market is more responsive in the smaller markets, like you, your regulars are much more engaged than like, I talk to a lot of people from big markets and they come to Victoria and they meet out like circle of yeah. hotel and they're like, holy shit, like this is, this is crazy. Yeah. They're like engaged and like hungry they are for it. Like they're as hungry as the bartenders. Yeah. Do you find that that is the same in Halifax where people like are regulars who come see you two, three times a week because they just want support the and they want to support you right that people are are loyal to the part of the point of stubbornness in halifax i i find and that's just that's not just in bars right yeah. god bless their heart they're they're loyal mm-hmm. you know it's really funny we joke about it all the time you know you're either a bruins fan or a habs fan in halifax and nothing else <laughs> it's it's just the way it is right uh, and those two teams hate each other so it's just it's really funny just the way that east coast mentality they will support you you they'll follow you off a cliff but yeah they're loyal so it's it's nice it's it's great to have a regular um guest kind of pool yeah. of familiar faces that come through and support you especially during something like a pandemic or yeah. whatever else is going on when you have to flip into a different model it's nice to have those people who have your back so yeah for we're us right. like 25 85 percent of our clientele is locals yeah. or a hotel bar yeah and so we always seem to be like 85 percent full which is nice yeah for 10 years, 10 years of world class, obviously, <laughs> like you said at the very beginning, it was you, no Michael, no, like no reserve team, no, no nothing. How have you seen the change every year? Do you, do you feel spiteful against all the people that went up to you? Uh, <laughs> you guys had it easy back in my day. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, they didn't even, the, the the reserve team didn't even, I don't think they knew the level of what, what we were getting into, you know, and ignorance is bliss, but I, I truly don't think that Canada had a dose of it yet. Mm-hmm. So when I did make it to the global final, they gave me my plane tickets and they just sent me. There was no support team, I had no backup, I had wow. like, like nothing. So I was thrown into the south of France on a cruise ship with 600 industry people for a global final alone. Right, so that was that was a lot for me, like on an emotional level, a mental well, level. From Halifax, oh like my you, god! You got six hundred people. <laughs> oh, cool. <laughs> exactly. You know, so they they threw me on the boat. So uh, when I came back and after witnessing how each country had their pod, their support crew, I was very adamant of, of, about making sure that the next year and the following years that the, the competitor never went alone because you, you, you need that support crew, right? So the next year I went with Grant and I was essentially his errand boy and his yeah. bar back and his placement that year was in the top five, mm-hmm. right? So immediately something clicked and then Michael came on board and they made sure that we kind of supported each other every year and every year we stuck together. And uh, it was funny listening to Dennis the other night. He said that Canada has one of the best world-class programs in the world because they're the only country that has brought along all 10 alumni from start until finish, well, so far, every year. 
Like it's just, it's this crew now. And I mean, the results speak for themselves. Yeah. Two global winners out of a country this size. That's amazing, yeah. you know? Are you surprised with this year's uh, contestants? Uh, I don't think surprise would be the right word. I think uh, it's refreshing. Mm -hmm. A lot of young faces. It was interesting for me being disconnected the last few years to come back this year and not recognize or know anyone, anyone. not a single person. Yeah. Uh, a lot of the heavy hitters or the regular people who I've been around the last decade <laughs> are no longer competing. Uh, so to see a whole batch of fresh bartenders and brilliant minds, it was, that was really cool. It was really nice, nice. yeah. Oh, so you're yeah. going to keep, so you'll, you'll kind of keep every year going to still be. <laughs> <laughs> Until Michael brings a national final to Halifax, <laughs> I'm coming oh, back every awesome. year. Yeah, I've been bugging him to do it for 10 years. Halifax would be awesome. Yeah. It's, one, it's one city that I'm still agreeing not being able to get out there. It's just a little bit too. It's far. Coast to coast. Yeah. It's a hike. Yeah. But it's one that I've, I've always loved Halifax. I've always gave massive props. It's the very first time I met you in 2012. Yeah. Like I've always gave props and I always come back to Victoria going like. Yeah. You're just the opposite side of the country, same as sort of mentalities that we have, just yeah. try and be your best and hopefully people will take work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, I'd, uh, yeah. I'll, I'll be involved as long as they'll have me and uh, it's just such a great program. I, I enjoy it thoroughly. From a 600 person creation <laughs> yourself to being able to help everybody else win. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, crazy. I it's can't crazy what I, happens in 10 years, man. Yeah, I, yeah. It feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, it really does. Yeah, 10 it years. Makes me, yeah, I look like it's a lifetime ago. <laughs> hey, well, man, yeah. thank you so much. Yeah. Uh, good luck with judging tonight. Thank Down you. Down to the top four tonight and then yeah. the, the big gala. And, Speed uh, around. I'll be interviewing and everybody for the... Actually, I think we've still got a couple of interviews with you today. Cool. Cool. Thanks, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for listening, Pose Shifters. I well, hope you enjoyed that episode. I really enjoy sitting down with friends and peers and uh, just chatting about the industry and getting down to the nuts and bolts of what's really going on out there. Uh, make sure you like, subscribe, comment, everything on all the platforms. Just hit it up and I'll do my best to answer any queries or questions you have. I'll see you next week, guys. Bye.